Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian, Jared Brandon, and Hot Nashville. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Hot Nashville. <laughs> Hot Nashville. Hey, everybody. It's Tyler. <laughs> welcome to the Guitar Knobs podcast. We are thrilled to that you are listening to our little show. <laughs> Um, we Absolutely. just hit uh, 275 episodes. Oh my, oh my god! I, I can't actually believe that, and it's largely due to the help of our supporters. I know I'm putting that right up front here, but the reason is we've got one of our longest running ones on oh, the phone yes. right now. Who are you? Longest running one of the longest running peoples. I am Grand Pooh Bar, and I think second ever patron of this. Fine establishment, Martin Cliff. That is correct, Amundo. Oh, what would we do without you, my friend? Um, well, we'd be doing it for a lot <laughs> we less. Would have <laughs> we'd have stopped at one to one seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, possibly. <laughs> um, and Martin is unique in that. Uh, well, you're going to find out all the reasons Martin's unique, um, aside from being a nice chap and a gear nut. Um, but he's got he's got a very interesting life. Uh, style, I guess you might say. Is that fair to say, Martin? Yeah, I guess so. Okay, good. Pretty uh, varied. I, 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 I got that one right. I haven't screwed up yet, Tony. Good job. Thank you. I one appreciate for Todd. it. I like that. Keep track. I know he, he is always <laughs> keeping count. Um, so uh, anyways, we've got a fantastic show, and we're really thrilled to be able to talk with him. Um, we, we truly do appreciate all of those who support us on Patreon. Um, and, uh, cause the world's getting more tougher to do things in for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Um, not that we're on the massively suffering end of that right now, but you know, things, things, things is tough all over, you know? Yeah. Now the gas is under $4 a gallon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyhow, let's get on with this. We've got, um, we got a few announcements. Road mics. Road. Thank you so much to Rode for for providing our lovely equipment. They've yes. come out with some really awesome stuff, and we're talking to them right now to, to maybe uh, play with some of that awesome stuff. Beta. We like the beta. Beta. Um, and, uh, yeah, so if you're creating content out there, I highly recommend. There are so many fantastic pieces of equipment mm. that can really, really up your game. So uh, definitely, if you're checking out new stuff, um, it, they are... Uh, definitely worth the look. So thanks to our pal Nick Stillman Nick. out there. Down there, I should say. Down under. Yeah. And uh, also, I wanted to um, mention that we've got uh, James Pennington also mm. coming up, and he sent us his pedals, as I mentioned last week, and we'll be giving those away after he's on. That's okay, smart. We want everybody to, to you know him to talk about it and all that stuff and then we're going to give them away just so you know i didn't i didn't i don't want to bury the lead as they say in the biz i don't know if they still say that in the biz don't bury the no. lead tommy you know i don't know <laughs> actually on that note uh i got to watch uh his girl friday with my youngest daughter last night we love watching like classic movies and stuff like that and she's uh you know she's opted for like all of the not classic movies after <laughs> that house you know full house and all that uh, stuff. that's what she, she wants to watch all this stuff. but she, but we were flipping through the channels um and she said can we watch 
his girl Friday. And I was like, what? Yes, we can. And if you haven't seen it, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I it's, it's an absolute must watch from 1940 starring ah. Cary Grant. And yeah, it's Judy, 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 Judy. Well, it's not that one, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it is such a uh, a dialogue treat because it's just it's so fast moving and fun. Anyways, wow, welcome yeah. to 1940. Yeah, Woo. it's crazy to to see. As I mean, think about how that's 80, 82 years, 82 years old. It's 82. it's remarkable how much the world changed. Um, is Cary Grant still alive? No. <laughs> No, I can confirm that because he would be 140 or 50, maybe. Well, I don't know. Okay, so I mean, it's um, it's possible. But you know what is interesting is in that film, he's getting a he gets a physical um, for this insurance policy, and um, the guy who's he's giving the insurance policy to is wondering about. It. He's like, well, I don't know if you know uh, it, it gets sticky. But anyways, the point is, um, he says, look, I've got at least 25 more years in me. And I was like, 25? The guy lived like 65 more years. Yeah. Like, what was the what was the outlook on life back then? <laughs> pretty, I lived to at least pretty, 52. Pretty, pretty grim. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I, I'm 150 in caveman yeah, years. Look, Judy, I'm hanging up to the galoshes. 52, I'm done. I'm out. Anyways, I don't know what that was about. I just decided to share that with you. Uh, that was very nice. All righty. We need to find out what's going in on our music world this week. We're going to start off with Tanya Bolonsky sitting yes. across from me, and mm-hmm. then we're going to check in with our friend Martin Cliff. Uh, okay. Oh, wait. Hey, Martin, oh. where are you calling from right now, by the way? Um, I'm actually at my parents' house, which is just near Manchester in the UK. Um, I don't live here, which I guess we'll come on to later, but it's uh, complicated. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, say hi to your parents and hope we're not disturbing them too much. Straighten out all the doilies and uh, <laughs> and everything else. <laughs> and if you're if, try not to move around, I don't want you to, to um, make too much noise on the plastic on the plastic covers on the couch or anything like that. Anyways, <laughs> Tony, go. Sorry, I'm boy. Bare. You're, I, you're I, just I, this coffee man. is working, man, baby. Woo! I don't think the, you should, is that coffee in there? Yeah. So, uh, see, my music world this week, I was uh, perusing the latest edition of Vintage Guitar Magazine, the one with Skunk Baxter How many on the times cover. has your mother told you not to peruse? I like to peruse. <laughs> but there's an article. So dumb. <laughs> I don't peruse go, I don't peruse talk in public. So I don't talk. Yes, let's turn off Todd's mic. <laughs> uh, so, uh, in this issue, there is an article on two of my favorite things. Is this from your stack of really old magazines? No, no, this is the latest issue. Oh, you said that. Yeah, I did, I did say that, but, yeah. you know, that's okay, Todd. You're not listening. Continue. You're just worried about what you're I'm next. worried about Jared's You're worried what the next words are going to be out of your mouth. <laughs> um, so there is an, an article uh, about Steve Evans, and he is a, uh, he loves guitars, and he loves vintage cars, as do I. Those are two of my favorite things. And um, I do. I you have do. never once mentioned vintage cars on this show. I go I'm to, acting I, surprised because I'm, I am. Because I, I, I try not to reveal all of my cards. Wow. I, I'm, you know, still waters run you're gonna, deep. You're going to share that in the jacuzzi, like, in a, in a couple of weeks. Yes, right? Todd, okay. pass right. me that. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. So uh, it's really cool. Uh, so, so Steve Evans has uh, been, over the last, I don't know how many years, photographing cars and guitars with the same name. 
And he was inspired by an old uh, Fender ad when they were introducing the Jaguar. And it's a picture of uh, the Jaguar guitar in front of... Uh, MG. Of, uh, no, <laughs> in front of an Aston Martin, no. <laughs> in front of a, uh, a Jaguar. Right. And so he was inspired by that. And so there is a... I mean, there, there are just great photos all the way through, if you like old, cool guitars. I mean, there's even a, a PV Horizon on top of a Plymouth Horizon. So, you know, it's not all... Wow. All fancy cars and such. We got to put him in contact with Chase because Chase names a lot of his guitars after cars. Oh, yeah, that's true. The Challenger, the Cobra. Yeah. So it's really cool. Um, And I I just, I I, I got a kick out of it. And, I mean, obviously, I don't have time to photograph all of my guitars and cars' names. But there's some cool stuff. And right on the lead cover is is my favorite thing. Uh If I had to... You're going to ask me what would be my favorite classic guitar and uh-huh. classic car? Go ahead, Todd. Ask. Uh, your favorite guitar and classic car? Yes. I'm going to go with Corvette. Uh, you'd be wrong. Okay. Although that wouldn't be bad because you'd have to, there isn't actually a Corvette. Well, yeah, actually, there, are, there is a Corvette. There are Corvettes. The Gretsch Corvette. I yeah. forgot about that. I, there, isn't there uh, the, the bass? The, um, the, the, the uh, German... Oh, Framus? No. Or no, the thumb. The thumb. Who makes the thumb bass? The thumb Warwick. bass. Warwick. Warwick. Warwick, yeah. Yes. But uh, no, I, if I had to choose, I would... Thanks, Martin. Uh, I'd, I'd go back to that classic. I, I, I would like an E-class Jag with a Fender Jaguar. Okay. And I've owned several Jaguars over the years. Cars? Guitars. No. Okay. But no, I don't have... Yeah, I, well, the E, I mean... I mean, there, there is, is it, no, there is, is no better. Martin, what do you say? Is what that, say you? About the car or the guitar? Uh, both. <laughs> um, never owned a, a Jaguar guitar. We did own a Jaguar car for about three weeks in Hong Kong, but that's slightly ah. complicated. <laughs> you, you, you keep saying that. So. <laughs> There's lots of complications. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we bought the car. We never managed to get it on the road, so then we sold it to a mechanic who could fix it for a lot cheaper than he wanted to charge us. Ah, uh, yes. Well, the, the key to most British cars is to have an, uh, a couple of uh, extra rotor caps and sets of points. Yeah. And a towel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this was a big XJ6 limousine oh. um, that we got for a ridiculously cheap price, but unfortunately, um, yeah, weren't able to drive it. Crazy. And Tony, I know you've been waiting, you know, maybe there is an element guitar out there <laughs> since your favorite car is the Honda Element. Uh, no, it's not necessarily my favorite. What, what would that guitar look like? I mean, that it would, would be just, square. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it, probably the closest thing would be that Epiphone Airstream uh, uh, guitar that they had out, the, the yeah. trailer guitar. <laughs> and, and there'd be like a compartment for like a a granola bar, but not a good one. Like a like uh, just uh, the, the a standard five, a this, five year old granola the, bar. The standard uh, Hidden Valley Crunch. Yeah. Stop picking on my uh, Yeah, I'm just saying. It's, uh, it's, it's a, uh, you know. It's, it's lasting forever. Actually, you know what's not too far off from that, realistically, mm-hmm. is the millimetric um, guitar. Yeah, I guess. It, it's sort of like, you know, satiny. It's like almost modular in a yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, you Martin raise a Cliff, good point. Get Tom, us out of Todd. this. Okay, so this week um, I've actually been having a bit of a gear purge, which I know Tony might be horrified by uh. the idea of. Say it is um, so. Basically, when 
it, we lived in Hong Kong for eight years until recently, and there is no used gear market there, so I accumulated a lot of stuff that was just then stuff I didn't use anymore. So while I've been in, in England, I've been, um, yeah, clearing out some stuff on eBay. So this week I've sold, I think, 12 pedals, two guitars what, on the what's your What's your thing? What's your, um, where can people find all your listings on eBay? Um, can you do so that? So my, my eBay username is Waitman26, what, as what? in Rick Waitman, and then the number. Oh, as in Rick Wakeman? Yeah. So W-A-K-E-M-A-N. Um, yeah, 26. All right. Yeah, but I... Because I'm leaving the country on Monday, I will have to be then taking all those listings down probably until next Easter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so don't go there. <laughs> so don't bother. Do you do you have any capes available? Uh, I don't know. Although my my wife has an academic gown. <laughs> but like, no, that was, that was, that was just a tr yeah a question about because yeah, yeah. the wake. No, I always wanted direction. a cape. Well, who doesn't? <laughs> Jared, you got a cape, right? No, I don't have a cape. I got a giant robe, though, that's like a 6X I got because huh. I never wanted to grow up. <laughs> hopefully I don't. Well, <laughs> hopefully you don't, yes. Um, so yeah. uh, I am curious. Mar uh, I don't know if you can actually ser uh, search by I think you can. Yeah. People. Yeah. Because I'm interested, to see, I'm just curious to see what you what you have up there. But, um, anyways, there's a lot of pictures of Rick Wakeman. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Anyways. All right. Well, and that was say, fun. You, but are you again, saying, disregard doing that, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Don't 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 do that, sir. So, are you moving, uh, going back to Hong Kong, or where are what, what's your next destination? We're um, gonna get so into we're, that. We're, wait, wait, oh, we're okay. gonna get into. We oh, gotta talk to him about stuff. Okay, Todd. He's trying to jump. Jeez, the gun. I was just. Come on, let's keep things moving. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jared, go ahead. Skip Jared. Just go right to yeah. Todd. What's in your week this time, Todd? Yeah, no, it's Jared. Okay, go ahead. Jared, go ahead. Yeah, Todd always goes last. All right. I got a guitar out and played it. Todd, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I'm. This is going to be totally a Jared style guitar week thing. Um, I'm I'm kind of anticipating my uh, Mutron being fixed here uh, pretty soon, and also the prices on those things are, I've almost doubled. Like honestly, in the I know last, it. I, it's, it's it's nuts. I don't know why that's happening. It's crazy. It's totally crazy. I I'm just anticipating. It should be right around now or next week, and when I get an email saying, "Oh, you're." Your biphase is done, so I cannot wait to get that back. Oh, that'll be nice. Uh, so I've been uh, <clears throat> on breaks that I have during the day when I work. If I'm at home, this is going to be funny. But the the most convenient record out of my record collection that I, I thought, I'm just going to close my eyes and grab a record, and then I'm going to play along with it on the guitar and just kind of improvise whatever the music is, no matter what record I grab. And I've got a wide variety of music. And of course, what record do I grab? Fog hat. I grabbed, oh no, you're going to laugh. It's Kansas. Uh, Kansas. Millie Vanilli. Again? Yep. Do you just have one record? <laughs> so yeah, I turned it on, turned it up, got my uh, stereo system finally the way I wanted it. Um, the because the record players upstairs and maybe a lot of the younger folks don't realize this you have to have some sort of 
shock absorbing system when it's not on a concrete floor or a very stable uh, floor, because if you walk by it and you're my size, it's going to skip. So I had to get some uh, uh, little spring shocks to put under the record player so it doesn't could you, uh, skip. Could you have put in, uh, gotten those uh, spring shocks for the bottom of your shoes? <laughs> I do, man. I have Nike Air Max. Well, those, pretty- yeah, that should take care of it then. It doesn't. God, it just nothing wouldn't, does. Wouldn't like so. like some egg crate foam or something work like that? No, it's got to be some sort of springy shock absorbing. Okay, but uh, really happy with the way it sounds. Could you have it's suspended your turntable from the ceiling? I oh, thought about that, but the ceiling is on an angle, so it'll be extra difficult. Uh, but I did think about that. I think it's gonna. It's kind of close to where the TVs are. So it, the little tiny cables might impede somebody's view of the television. Can you sit in a chair while listening to the to the to the turntable? No, because I want to stand and play my guitar and play along with the music. Okay, gotcha. Wow, you got you got you got a lot of first world problems, man. Boy, <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I can't wait for you guys to come down and uh, see the progress. And uh, yeah, yeah, we're, we're gonna I got a great jam room. Cools off a little bit. Can I cut the grass yeah. when I'm down there? Yes, you can. <laughs> it, you're right, Todd. It's like my I've got a large air conditioner for the bottom of the house and a tiny air con- like a smaller unit that is dedicated to the upstairs and it just cannot keep up. Yeah. Uh, in the afternoon, it can't keep up. Right now, it's 73. It's great. But by the afternoon down here. It's uh, it's about 82, 83 degrees in, up upstairs. There's nothing you can do about it. Wow, sounds like you need yeah. a bigger unit. Yeah, we uh, we had our ridge vent replaced for our roof to try to cool the attic down, and it and it helped. It's about five degrees cooler than what it used to be. Wow, that's better than nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was definitely <laughs> um, improvement. So that's. Bob Vila home repairs from nice. Jared Brandon. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I actually have hey, some Todd. other suggestions that I'll tell you about after the show. Hey, Todd. Yeah, yes. what's up with your week, man? What's up with your week, Todd? Well, um, I had, I, I bombarded our social waves with a very specific um, bunch of content, which was all about uh, one of my favorite guitarists, uh, Billy Duffy. Oh, yes, I did see that. And, yeah. And I, I just like... I mean, if you're in basically in the front row, you're gonna you're gonna spend most of your time, you know. Were you in the front row or basically in the front row? There was a, a man in front of me, a man and a woman in front of me. Yes. Mm. So 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 basically eight in the front more row. inches, and I would have been the front row. <laughs> wow. Yes, I know. <laughs> um, no, we we spent a lot of time in the front, um, and then towards the end, we moved. We went in the very back. Um, uh, just to kind of like get that view of everything too, but it's like, you know, you're. Uh, I, we wanted the experience of just being, you know, right yeah. there. I love that. Anyways, yeah. so um, it, it was really fun. Uh, I, I just had an absolute blast. The show was uh, uh, so good. I highly encourage any if you're able to catch the call out on tour. I really highly recommend doing so because that they they put on a really fantastic show um aside from the music being you know great if you like that kind of thing uh 
What's not to like? Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Lots of people don't like lots of things. Like me. I don't hmm. like lots of things. Hmm. I like a lot of things. I also don't like a lot of things. Wow. <laughs> Anyways, so that was a treat. And a bonus out of that is that I may have got a connection to possibly getting... I'm going to just <laughs> Could put you this throw out in the any, ether. Any more vag- vagaries possibly in there? Possibly getting... Uh, the said, Almost said person getting... on the show. I, if I say it out loud, then I I, I, I might jinx it. But um, yes, yeah. I, if you I, say it three times, it'll I got happen. some. I got some. I got some lead. I got some connection. Nice. And uh, it was funny because I uh, I went with Leah, our singer um, from the Valentinos, and I said, um, she said, "What are you bringing a shirt in for?" And I said, I'm, "Well, let's. I want to give it to him." And and in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll just be like, hey, Billy, here's, here's our shirt, right, uh, from the Valentinos. And then we we talked about it, and we're like, is that going to be really <laughs> We could have. We absolutely could have done that. Is that going to be weird? Is that, and then I was like, oh, this is lame. I'm going to put it back in the car. I'm not 15. Sheesh. But I felt like it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was... Uh, yeah, it's pretty... You must be approaching middle age if you... Uh, all you get are... <laughs> T-shirts instead of other things being thrown at yeah, you on stage. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, so anyways, that was really cool. But I also wanted to share, I don't usually do a twofer, but I'm going to share a twofer this, twofer. this week. Um, <clears throat> so I was practicing uh, set last night. We're getting ready to go in and record um, uh, another, I don't know if we'll get a full album out of it, maybe an EP. Um, but uh, anyhow, so practicing stuff. And sometimes practice can feel just like that. Practice where you go in and you run through the songs. And by the way, the Spark amp, uh, this is not a, we're not getting anything from them, but holy mackerel, the Spark amp is such a great way to practice with things that you've already recorded or just learning. Holy mackerel, that has has doubled my guitar playing time, at least. Hmm. Um, Because you can listen to, I can listen to like our recorded set from the last show and play along with it mm-hmm. um, right through the headphones, the same headphones. Um, back in the in the day, I used to have to put my earbuds in and then cans over it. Oh, jeez. Uh, but it worked. That's how I learned uh, how to play all the Clash songs and everything, you know? Huh. Anyhow, I digress. My point being is after I got through um, the going through our, our set and some of the new songs, um, you know, just kind of winding down. I, I kind of had, it's kind of like, a, I guess if you, you, you have to walk it off after you run, right? For a mm. long distance, you mm-hmm. know, if you just stop it, your body kind of teases up where it, it feels better to kind of walk it off, right? Right. And I know that a lot of time when we're playing or we feel like, hey, I need, I want to go play guitar and, and I, I need to come up with something new for the band. And if, if you, if you approach it cold like that, you might be able to get something out of it. But what I have found especially as of late, I would say the last three or four songs that I wrote came after I had practiced all of our set. And I I started to think, well, that's probably just because I'm like physically warmed up at that point. That's probably just to a certain degree part Mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that from um, maybe from a mental state, you're kind of keeping track of like, oh, these are the, these are the, the, the tones and the chords and the time signatures that are all kind of jamming together. So there's a familiarity already there. Uh, but 
the other thing I thought about was at the end of it, it's like you've kind of you kind of have done all the stuff that you already know how to do, mm. but you your taste level is is peaked, right? It's kind of like if you um, if you if you got a whole pizza and you eat three pieces, if you eat four of that same pizza, it's still gonna taste like pizza, right? You're not necessarily getting anything more from it, except satisfaction, maybe. <laughs> Tony. Mm. Um, but if you switch up to something, some other kind of thing in that realm, this is a terrible analogy. I'm gonna go back to music, like a calzone, like a calzone. Right or, or or yeah, maybe Mexican food's better. If you have three tacos, time to have a burrito. It's the same stuff, mm. right? Okay, uh, let me go back to the music. Like I said, I was going to do before you started introducing calzones. <laughs> My point is that that I found that all of those things together let me let me get to something new almost automatically. Like I didn't, I wasn't thinking about, oh, I want to make this thing. I have to, it has to sound like this or that, or a pressure of like, I got to come up with something new. I still, my, my brain and my, my, my muscles are still wanting to go, Hey, let's keep doing this. Right. But I had run out of material. Mm. So my brain kind of took over a little bit for me. It was like, no, oh, let's noodle around here. And you just start fiddling around and making sounds. And that's exactly how the last three songs I came, came up with happened. Like completely dropping out of the sky, out of the blue. But they didn't happen in a cold opening of just picking up the guitar and plugging in. Right. It happened after, like, I had done the thing, the warm-up. Yeah. You know? And I don't know, maybe everybody else already knows that, but it, it just kind of dawned on me and I thought I'd share. So. On this week's organic songwriting tips. Yeah. Yeah. And we got on uh, uh, NPR. Who? The Valentinos got were playing on NPR. On NPR. NPR. The 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 WCO whatever. Yeah. CB. What? A, yeah, that one. Yeah, we got two people who said, "Dude, you're on NPR right now." Like what? Huh. So they're playing our song on NPR. Anyways, I guess okay. all that all that all those uh, patron things yeah. helped. I I suppose so. So um, okay, boy, I have this coffee is really doing a number on me. Uh, um, but, uh, but sorry, then. everybody. Um, Martin, are you still there? Or have you given up on us? I'm still here. Oh. I, it, the rest of the show is all you, buddy. Yes, thankfully. Okay. Yeah, so better, have to you better start doing time. your warm-up. Man, I was really on a roll there. I'm sorry, everybody. I hope that wasn't nauseatingly long, but I just had a lot to share with you. Hey, Todd. Yes? You know, have you ever um, needed to go, you know, you were talking about earlier, trying to you know, put stuff into left ear, right ear kind of thing. Yeah. Have you ever had an occasion to take a stereo out and split it between two quarter inch plugs? I haven't, but I bet Jared has. Jared? And maybe Martin has. Jared? Yeah, definitely. Jared? Well, the good thing is, Tony. (laughs) (laughs) It's called a sleep in Nashville. Um, You know what? What? If you ever do have that occasion. Uh Uh-huh. I understand there is a new Y-splitter cable that is part of our, comes out of our good friends at? Tour Gear Designs. That's right. I just saw a posting the other day. That is correct. And it takes a stereo TRS plug and splits it into two standard quarter-inch plugs. And that way, you know, if you have a stereo out, you can plug Go into two separate amps. You can go into, if you have a guitar that has a stereo jack, 
Yeah. Thing, you know, you and can... it's not just stereo, from what I understand. It's like if you have, um, well, let's see here. It says, uh, the flat pedal Y splitter cable by Tour Gear Designs lets you insert any effects you like and does not take up a lot of space, which we already know. Yes. Do your effect pedals allow stereo operation? Well, we mentioned that. Perfect. Open their possibilities with this simple cable. Um, so it does do a lot of stereo. Yes. Uh, but uh, also, I th- I, if I'm not mistaken, it can handle like uh, loopers things and stuff like that. Looper? Mr. Lupa. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, pretty neato. And it comes with the same flat crepe-like cables. Right. With little teeny you know, tiny ends. I wonder how many people actually know what you're talking about. Like crepe paper. Like creepy paper. No, like crepe. <laughs> like a crepe that you'd get right. in Paris. Right. A crepe. Well, anyways, uh, why don't you head over to tourgeardesigns.com and... Check one of these cables out. If this sounds like something you need, you're probably going to need a bunch of their other cables, too. And just load up your cart. Do it. And when you check out, Todd... You're going to head over to the coupon code and put in the guitar knobs, all one word, and bammo, you're going to get 10% off. An extra 10% off your entire purchase. That is correct, and you will not be sorry. Thank you so much to Tour Gear Designs for sponsoring our four on the floor. Jared? Let me get a little bit of this. One, two, one, two, three, four on the floor. Martin Cliff, Poobah Extraordinaire, and Gear Nut, Monsieur, lend us your four on the floor. Okay, I had to think about this quite hard because a pedal board with only four pedals is fairly rare in my world. Um, but first, I went for the Catlin bred Katzenkönig. Cat, oh, yeah, the Katzenkönig. Yeah, which is not a pedal that I expected to like until I heard a demo of it, I think. Um, I'd love to play like Jeff Beck, but I don't. But one of the demos, someone did a version of Because uh, You Ended As Lovers, and it just sounded so cool on that demo of that song played through this pedal, so I went out and bought one straight away. So um, and what I still don't exactly sound like does that. it do? Um, I think it's... Kind of like half a rat and half a soul bend, uh, tone bender in one. I don't know exactly how that works, but it's a kind of distortion-y, fuzzy kind of sound. But it's really, well, at least how I use it is a really smooth kind of singing lead tone. Right. Like kind of like a neck pickup kind of thing sound? Yeah. 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 Awesome. Um, is that your first, do you own a lot of Catlin bread? stuff um only a only a couple of pedals uh from them um but yeah that one it's a little bit noisy so i do have to use it with a noise gate which is the one criticism i have of it but uh. it's it's just a it is a great sounding pedal um for when i want that particular you know singing lyrical lead kind of sound is that it's, is that one that you have to put way up in the in the front of the chain um it's i i do run it first i think on my pedal board but it's um yeah it, it doesn't necessarily it's not like a germanium fuzz or something uh so it, it doesn't uh, it will work after a buffer excellent excellent how about number two number two is the sweet sound mofo vibe Ooh, um, i haven't heard that one no uh-huh. so uh apparently Somebody, I think he was called Bob Sweet. Um, he died quite a few years ago, but he made a load of different types of vibe pedals. And I think the Mojo vibe is his most famous one. Mm-hmm. 
But the the Mofo vibe is just a single knob, small yeah, MXR size enclosure um, pedal. And in 2011, I was a demonstrator for RJM Music at NAMM, um, who oh. make like MIDI switching gear and that kind of thing. And Ron had one of these in his rack um, that we were using uh, for demonstrating. And I just fell in love with that particular vibe sound. It's very simple. It's probably a phaser, really, but it's just a really cool sounding pedal. So I went and bought one straight away, and it's been on my board for the last 10 years. Wow. Well, that's high praise. Yeah, those uh, run about uh, 125 bucks a used market, I think. I think something like that. Yeah, you don't see very many of them. And... Yeah, there's a black one with a white knob or there's a white one with a purple knob. I've got the white one with the purple knob. I don't know whether they sound any different. They probably do. Yes, of course Just they do. stop, Tony. <laughs> no. Down I've been boy. looking for a black one with a white knob, but I haven't found one. Yeah. Okay, well, let's just... Uh, how about number three? Uh, so this is the Sir Sheba drive, uh, which is oh, a yeah. very, yeah, slightly dark-sounding overdrive. It's not really tube screamer it's not quite as mid mid humped as that um but it, again it's i kind of like smooth sounding drives to a certain extent so um yeah for what i do particularly with humbuckers it's just a really nice low gain overdrive that i leave on most of the time because i just roll the volume back if i want it a little cleaner uh sure is one of those or uh, sorry sure sure thank you is um it's kind of one of those cult brands i feel like like people are either like all in on that brand or not a lot of toe dippers. I should I I think. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess they're they're priced a little bit above um, a lot of other because they're kind of they're not quite boutique. They're a little bit too big for that, but they're also not like a mainstream manufacturer. So they're somewhere in between. They're a little bit more expensive. Um, yeah, I have a lot of their stuff. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Case in point. Including five <laughs> Shiba drives. <laughs> yeah. You have five of them? Yeah. I have I have four different pedal boards that I use regularly, so I have one ah. on each. And then um, I'm not sure where the fifth one is at the moment. Wow. Um, for some reason, I just pictured you as an organist, like with except bass pedals for the um, I mean, pedal boards for the bass pedals. <laughs> Just, <laughs> I don't know. If, yeah, anyways, give us number four. Okay, so for this, I mean, it would have to be a delay of some kind. And the delay that seems to have found its way onto my board most recently is the Mad Professor Deep Blue Delay. Ah. Which is a digital, but it's an analog sounding delay. It's just a very good digital recreation of one. So you don't have to worry about chip shortages and that so much interesting what turned you on to that um so i met the guys from mad professor the the giant finnish guys um at uh at nam in 2011 so yeah. and i've always kind of been interested by what they were doing but then i saw i think it was matt schofield was using that delay pedal um and i really liked the tone he gets i i, I like just a subtle delay just to again thicken things up a little bit um and it, it, he uses it for that, and it sounds great. So I'd been using the MXR Carbon Copy for years, um, and I just wanted something a little bit brighter sounding, um, and that did the job. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, Mad Professor is kind of like one of those um, brands that were, I guess you could say, early, quote-unquote, boutique. 
uh, brands that um, maybe were almost kind of too early. It's like if they were earlier, their pedals would probably be worth a lot more. If they were later, they would be maybe more on more boards. They do make an, an awful lot of pedals, but um, they're they're sort of a uh, they're a known brand, but still obscure. They don't come up a whole lot in the four on the floor. Um, no, I wonder if they're more popular in Europe because they're made in Finland. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Uh, although I bought them in Hong Kong, so I don't know how that works. <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, you're a man of the world, so you know. Yeah, um, where you go, things will follow, I suppose. Yeah, but yeah, I, I I know that the history. I'm not entirely sure of. There's some connection between Mad Professor, is it BJFE and Barefoot Effects? Yeah, I think that there was some right. some parallels in the in the design and stuff. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but um, yeah, Mad Professor seems to still be going a lot, or at least a lot more visible than either of those other two brands. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much for your four. Oh, by the way, what uh, what pedal board are you using? Actually, thank uh, you have... for your four on the floor. Now, now, now we're out of that segment. T tell us about your pedal board real quick. Uh, so I use a mono pedal board. Um, it's the small size, so basically a pedal train junior size board um, cool. with about, I guess, about nine or ten pedals on. I'm trying to think now. It's been three weeks since I've seen it. Hmm. And you have how many pedal boards? Uh so that's that's my main one and then i have a couple of smaller boards with like four or five pedals on each i've got one here in the uk and then i play for two different churches so i keep a small board at each of those churches got it got it and uh scattered around the world yeah well at the moment only in uh, england and then in bucharest uh, romania where i'm currently based right oh, wow. and then uh, so you bring gear to Hong Kong. I know you used to. Let's get in. Hang on a second here. Let me. Let me. Let me instead of uh, tracking your pedal boards all over, telling the story. <laughs> Check the track. Martin, I think one of the things. We're, by the way, everybody, we're talking about Martin now. So, uh, one of the interesting things about you that we learned early on is um, I found it very interesting that you were in living in Hong Kong. I think when you first joined us, you were in Hong Kong. Um, yeah. and, uh, since then you've, uh, you know, as we've corresponded, you're like, well, I'm in Bucharest now, or I'm in England now. And, and, um, I, that just is a, is a kind of a fascinating story there. So can you kind of give us the background on where and why your travels have taken you to places? Sure. I mean, it's all my wife's fault, really. Um, <laughs> Uh, she she is a teacher, um, a, a chemistry teacher. Uh, so and after a few years in the UK, we were she was looking for a new challenge, and someone said, "Well, why have you tried looking at international jobs?" Um, so there was a chemistry teacher job came up at a good international school in Hong Kong. Uh, she applied for it, and off we went. Uh, she got it at least, and then off we went. <laughs> she is of Asian descent, correct? Uh, yes, she's. British-born Chinese. British-born. So, so she had at least probably a little bit of a uh, leg up there, right? Yeah, my father-in-law is uh, was born in Hong Kong. He's lived in the UK since the '60s, but he still had family over there. How long were you guys out there doing that? Um, well, we were working in the school for seven years, but then we spent an extra year in Hong Kong volunteering full time for a, a charity that 
redistributes goods from people who have too much to people who don't have enough. Oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. You know, it's funny when you were just talking about um, the Hong Kong and British connection, um, it, it, my head immediately went to um, one of my favorite authors, um, James Covell, who did an entire series on this history, historical link between England and, and uh, the UK and how that all started up, how Hong Kong started and all that stuff. So I'm sure you're probably not tied to the family that was in that book, but uh, it's <laughs> I, in my head you are. So there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, that's if anybody's like, what the, what's he talking about? He's, uh, James Covell is the one who wrote Shogun. And then followed up with uh, an entire uh, series beyond that. Uh, so a lot of people will say, oh, wait, Shogun, I've heard of that book. Yeah. Well, dig into it. Arguably the best book series ever written. Just saying that out there, out loud. You're in Hong Kong for a long time. And then we were catching up and you said, I'm going to be moving to Bucharest. How does one get from Hong Kong to Bucharest? I mean, you know, I know it's a, pl- a plane probably, but... Yeah, um, we were just, we'd got to a point in our life where we were ready for something new. Uh, Hong Kong is a very exciting place, but it's quite tiring. It's a very lively, you know, high energy place. And by the time we'd got into our 40s, we felt um, that it was, we wanted somewhere that was a little bit calmer and also a little bit closer to home because parents aren't getting any younger. And we wanted to be you know, within three or four hours of them rather than it was a 13 hour flight from Hong Kong. Um, you- so... Do you know Sorry. people there already, or um, we didn't? We soon got to know a couple of people through mutual friends, um, but it was just again uh, just looking at which international schools were advertising for jobs. Um, we ended up in a position where we basically had to choose between Lisbon in Portugal, Bratislava in Slovakia, and then Bucharest in Romania. And Romania just felt like the right place to be. Hmm. Interesting. You are very involved in music. Um, this isn't, you know, this isn't the podcast about your wife show or anything like that. Um, but uh, you know, you've shared a lot of uh, on your on your socials and just kind of in, you know back and forth with us. Uh, we've seen a lot of gear. Um, you have quite a lot of of uh, gear. Uh, you like to experiment. Um, I'm curious, as you're going from country to country, it seems like that would be limiting because you'd be like, well, I'm here, but I can't, either gear is really expensive, it's hard to get, how am I going to bring this everywhere? Tell me about that a little bit. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think before we moved to Hong Kong, we I had a bit of a clear out and sold on anything that I didn't see me absolutely needing before we moved. Um because at that time, we didn't have a vast amount of spare money, so we were trying to keep shipping costs as low as possible. I think I sent two guitars and a bass over um, and a handful of pedals. But then uh, Hong Kong is is a really good place to get gear. Um, there's no import tax. There's no sales tax. So you can get stuff relatively cheaply, and salaries generally are pretty good over there. So I built quite a stockpile uh, quite a ridiculous stockpile, really, of gear during eight years in Hong Kong. Mm. Um, and then it was a case of, okay, now we're moving in 2011 during a global shipping crisis in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> where everything costs three times as much as it should um, to ship. Uh, so, you yeah. Mean tw- 2021? Um, yeah. Okay. 
Sorry, sorry. So I said 2011. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wait, there was Where one did that back then. Go? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that it was a challenging time to move. I ended up shipping 19 guitars, oh, a drum wow. kit, four keyboards, uh, six or seven amps. Oh um, my. And then maybe maybe ninety a hundred pedals, um, which is why I had plenty that I could clear out at uh, this time. Wow, you're, you're making a lot of people consider Hong Kong right now. I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, as I say, it's a fun place to go for a few years. Um, I would really, it's definitely worth visiting. Uh, it's, it's a great place to visit. But if you can, living abroad just for a year or two is great fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely recommend it. Were you just uh, playing just to play for yourself? Like, were you, I, I think I heard, uh, recall you talking about a mute, like teaching music. Yeah. So uh, after a while of kind of just being in the school community, I gradually took on various roles, including running sound and lights for the, uh, the theater and stuff at the, at the school. It was a big international boarding school. Um, and then I got to know the music department and, when one of the guys left, I was asked, do I want to start um, running? I'm not a qualified teacher, so I couldn't teach classroom lessons, but I could run uh, ensembles and extracurricular activities, um, so like band sessions. Um, so I started doing that and also did some uh, bass guitar one-on-one uh, -on -one tuition. That had to be exciting and a new challenge, I imagine. Yeah, it, it was great. I mean, these are wonderful uh, young people that I was working with um, you know, in small groups. So I'd be working with six or seven uh, kids usually, uh, producing some really fun music um, and just encouraging them and sharing my experience from uh, 20 plus years of, of gigging uh, and then putting on concerts. And yeah, they're just basically, my role was music coach and I was literally coaching young people in music. So you're like school of rock. <laughs> yeah, you're Jack, Jack you're Black. Jack Black. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, but I think the, the school saw me basically like a sports coach, but for the music department, and so I, I, I rolled with it and had a had a wonderful time for. I did that for about four years. Now, have you uh, kind of established something similar in Bucharest, or are you working on that? Uh, I'm working on it. Uh, since Brexit, visas are a little bit complicated in Europe if you're British, mm. so. I cannot currently work in Romania, um, so I, I yeah I'm working on that. You can work for free in Romania. Yes, which is not working. <laughs> that's called volunteering. Volunteering, yes. That's, <laughs> Tony yeah, helps me well, with words. <laughs> yeah, um, still working on my uh, residence permit as well. So I've been um, in and out of the country uh, for various times this year. I had to come back for three months in the winter to the UK uh, because my visa ran out, oh, uh, wow. and then and then went back for three months. That visa ran out, came back to the UK, and then I managed to get a. It's called a family reunification visa. That, at that point, so I was no longer a tourist, so I could go back in on that visa, uh, and now I'm applying for residency. But it's. Yeah, complicated, as I think I've said a few times. Yeah, that <laughs> is. I can't, I, that just sounds absolutely exhausting, <laughs> aside from complicated. Um, and the, the amount of trust you have to put in systems and waiting and stuff uh, would have me clinging to the ceiling. That would be very difficult. You're a patient man, Cliff. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, what we've learned, we, we, Hong Kong bureaucracy is everywhere and everything is very slow, and but it's very systematic. So if something says it'll take 30 days, it'll take exactly 30 days. In Eastern Europe, it's kind of, if something takes, says it'll take 30 days, it might be done in five or it might be done in t- t- 100 days. So you, you just have to kind of roll with it and just you know, be flexible. Uh-huh. What What is the, uh, so you're going to stay more permanently, I guess, or not permanently, you're going to stay longer now in uh, Romania. What is the what is the draw there? I, I think it's, it's an underappreciated gem in Europe. Um, Bucharest is a, is a beautiful city. Um, it's got a lot of history. The weather is really good. Um, there's great public transport. Cost of living is low. So um, fr- from that point of view, it's, it, it's a really good place to be. We've got, a, we're involved in a really good community, both in 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 my wife's school and also in our church so we're um we're, we're we're very happy in that kind of social sense it would just be nice to find gigs and um you know be able to do more more playing really would be what my goal at this stage right because uh, with covid nothing happened for the first year that, that we were there yeah. was there a language uh barrier for you yeah um not as much as cantonese was um, but <laughs> I, I can at least read Romanian a little bit. I mean, I, I, I speak a bit of French and a bit of German, so I can kind of figure out what some of the words mean. Uh, but and quite a quite a lot of people do speak at least a certain level of English. Uh-huh. Um, but a lot of the community, there are quite a number of expats. Not that many British, but quite a lot of Americans and other people who do speak English to a certain extent. As far as your uh you're you're playing you're talking about gigging and stuff like what kind of what kind of stuff have you uh grown up playing where or maybe not grown up but just where where's your musical history stem from um i guess i sort of came uh came into music at the tail end of kind of the hair metal era so um I was born in 78, so I was kind of the end of Guns N' Roses and Bon Jovi and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then Nirvana hit. So, but, and I, I, I liked the grunge. Sorry? Nirvana hit in like 90, 91. Yeah. Uh, ni- 91, yeah. Oh, okay, so, uh, sorry. <laughs> sorry. He was born in 78. You born in, yeah, we, we, we did the math on, <laughs> sorry, it was, we forgot you grew up during that time. So. Yes, immediately <laughs> as a as an infant, he was listening to. Well, you both of us looked up and said, "Wait a minute, the math on that." So, yes. okay, go ahead, Martin. We screwed up your thing. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. So, um, I think my parents actually blame the Transformers the movie animated film uh, uh. for me getting into hard rock. Uh, I had the soundtrack for that on vinyl. Um, and I used to listen to that all the time. That was a really cool rocking record, particularly when I was like seven. Uh, possibly very different to what else I was listening to. Uh, but yeah, I, I started playing guitar at 12 or 13. So that would be 1991 um, kind of time. Uh, and got into yeah playing. I was playing Queen and Def Leppard and Metallica and that kind of stuff uh, at that point. Played What's quite a lot of Def metal over the years. Uh Probably hysteria. Okay. Well, that kind of goes with your smooth thing that you were talking about. Yeah, it's also one of my favorite karaoke songs, but it's not on very many karaoke systems. I love that band, karaoke. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
I've kind of diversified from there. A friend introduced me to Dream Theater when I went to uni. Um, so I got very into that. I can't play any of that stuff. But well, who it, can, uh, really? I mean, no. <laughs> yeah, but I uh, that kind of sent me down more of a prog route after that. So when like the the side projects that Mike Portnoy did, uh, Transatlantic, then got me into Spock's Beard and the Flower Kings and other kind of European, uh, the European Renaissance of prog, which came out. Um, I guess that would be early noughties. There were quite a few bands coming out at that time. Is that where the Wakeman thing comes from for you? Yeah, I'm I'm not entirely sure how Yes kind of fell into it, but I'm a big Yes fan. Um, more as a bass player, probably, that I fell in love with the way Chris Squire plays bass. Mm. Um, Great musicianship I, I, in that band. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I, I've been playing bass alongside guitar again since I was about 15 or 16. So... Um, and certainly done a lot more paid gigs on bass. Um, yeah. It's a lot easier to get gigs if you're a bass player than a guitar player. <laughs> That's the thing. Everyone wants to be a lead guitar player. No one wants to play bass. It's like, yeah, but you can earn money playing bass. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, just out of curiosity, I think, uh, so the prog, prog rock is sort of a, um, it's another thing, kind of like. Kansas. <laughs> <laughs> oh hi Jerry! Yes. Hi Jerry! I like comes this make up. How's the fridge coming? Yeah, are you? Are you did you get it's stuck coming. in it? <laughs> uh, so uh, Prague is one of those things, kind of like uh, sewer uh, a gear, where it's you kind of if you're in it, you're oh. kind of all in it, and if you're not, not you're, sewer you're not, gear, sewer, sir, sure, sure, sir. It's like soldering. Yeah, me. it's it's a little nerdy, um, which probably describes me quite well. Uh, not like super nerd, but just a little nerdy. Uh, <laughs> Who are some of your other uh, favorite prog bands? Um, I love Marillion. I love Porcupine Tree. Uh, trying to think now. Those are very um, proggy names, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I even I fronted a prog band uh, for a few years, and we we released a couple of albums about twelve years ago, but. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to think who else I saw. Um, I mean, I saw Dream Theater live eight or nine times. Um, so, I'd, yeah, back in the day, there were lots of good concerts. I'm sounding old. Back in the day. <laughs> back in the day. <laughs> back when it's a dollar fifty to get in the door. <laughs> I guess my toe dip into Prague really kind of. I reached the edge of the water with with uh, Rush. I do really like Rush a lot. Oh yeah, I completely. Blanked on mentioning Rush. Yeah, it's again, okay. huge Rush fan. It's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah I just can never sing lose any, any street it. cred with the Prague community. I doubt it. So you're, you're good there. <laughs> does he talk like a regular guy? I know him, and he does. <laughs> um, <laughs> running jokes, always great. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, let's see. Let's let's talk about uh, some, some of your early gear, why don't we? And then we'll get into kind of where you're at now. Um, what, where did you start off with gear? Um, I started with like a, it was an Encore, I think it was the E76. It was a white Strat copy uh, made in India. I think it was about 80 pounds. So what's that, oh, $100? $100. Um, yeah, it, it wasn't great. Basically plywood body. Um, yeah, it lasted maybe a year. And then I got like a Westown Thunder, um, old early 80s, mm. kind of weighed a ton. Yeah, a lot hardware. of that Westone stuff, though, is really, really good. I mean, yeah, I, I wish I still mid? had that guitar. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I remember the ads for those Encore uh, guitars. They promised layers of sound. 
Yeah. <laughs> Wait, hang on. <laughs> Appropriate use. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it weighed a ton, but it, it, it got me playing and it looked like Hendrix's guitar a little bit, except for a rosewood board. So That's cool. I think that was the reason. So I had that with a little 10-watt valve state Marshall amp, um, yeah. and that, that was my rig for years. And then so you got, and then you moved on to the West Tone. Yeah, uh, and then I think I had an Epiphone Flying V. Um, Ooh, yeah, good man. And then another Westone because um, I would needed money for a bass, so I sold my Flying V. Uh, I traded my Flying V for a Westone and some cash uh, with a school friend. Do you regret that? Um, no, I'd, I'd never particularly got on with the with the Flying V. It was not a great one. It was a one of the ones it had like a single locking tremolo um it so it never stayed in tune uh, uh didn't it, it, it wasn't great if it had been a proper flying v with like a fixed bridge i may have, have got more into it yeah um but then i dropped my that i dropped that west down on a concrete floor and snapped the neck mm. um at a rehearsal unfortunately not at a gig otherwise it would have been much more awesome something? story um, well, we were playing Smells Like Teen Spirit, oh. and my strap fell off. So <laughs> It fell off, or you were doing a, a, a swing? I suspect I was swing. jumping around quite a bit at the time. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, so let's, uh, let's fast forward into now. Like, what, Where are your musical tastes lying now? What are you playing, uh, and what are you emulating? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, my main guitars are Sir Standards. Um, I have three. I, I at one point had eight, um, but I've, I've reduced that down. <laughs> um, uh, Tony has made a couple of pit guards. Well, I think four pit guards. Yeah, for I me believe for so. <laughs> um, yeah, both both my main guitars have pit guardian pit guards. Of um, course, we would yeah, expect so nothing I, less. I have one that's absolutely. <laughs> I have one that's a dual humbucker and one that's a three single coils. They come HSS, but. Um, I always find HSS is a bit of an ugly compromise. I'd rather have single coils and then humbuckers mm -hmm. in different guitars. Uh, now, uh, and which models are these? Uh, they were the Sir Standard Pro. I think it's the Standard Plus is the current model, but Strat style. Okay. Yeah, yeah it's like Super Strats. They're a little bit smaller, not quite as pointy as like an RG or something, but uh -huh. um, not as rounded as Strats. I always find Strats like slide off my leg if I'm trying to place that down. I'm yeah. not a Strat fan. That's, um, that is ironic that you're not a strat Yeah, that fan. I play a three-single coil guitar, but I don't like strats. <laughs> you mentioned like six <laughs> strats so far. I'm not a strat fan. Now, have you uh, ever owned any of the, the Pensa Sur guitars? I haven't. I've played one. It was beautiful, yeah. but um, no, there, I've never I owned that any. Was, you know, that was when, when John Sur was uh, just kind of getting mean started. Sur? Sur. Sewer, <laughs> sewer. When that sewer guy, uh, but he hooked up with uh, with Rudy Pensa in New York, and uh, they formed a company together to uh, uh, to you know really get his you know the the guitar line started. And uh, I've I've played a couple of those, the Pensa sewers, and uh, boy, they're they're just they're wonderful instruments. Yeah, I think that was even before he was working for the Fender Custom Shop. So oh yeah, yeah. That was that was a, that was a long time ago. Yeah, but. I mean, Martin Opfler's guitar is a beauty that, um, yeah, they're, 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 they were phenomenal guitars, but they're very expensive. So what is the draw to the, I'm gonna, I am going to try to say, I, I, honestly, I'm struggling saying this. I, this is ridiculous. 
I can't. I'm struggling with this brand and the thing that you melt. Uh, Solder. Um, what <laughs> yep. is the what for for both of you? What is the draw to to Mr. Sewer? Sewer. I mean, well, uh, I mean, I can um, on myself. I would say because you know he was one of the earliest. I guess boutique builders mm-hmm. of, of guitars and went on to work at the Fender Custom Shop, now has his own line of guitars. Um and, and amplifiers. And, and amplifier pedals, and pedals, and yeah. Pickups. Yeah, the whole the whole ball of wax. And I think that they're, you know, the ones that I've picked up and played, I, I I've just been really impressed with. Mm-hmm. How about you, Martin? Yeah, I mean I, I played Ibanez for years. Um and I think had Ibanez brought out the AZ series before I got my hands on a Sir, maybe I would have just stayed along that line because they are basically very similar kind of guitar in many ways. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, there was I was just looking for something that was not quite as modern because I was playing an Ibanez uh, Satriani uh, was my main guitar at that time. Mm. Uh, and I, I was looking for something. I inherited some money uh, when a family member passed away and I wanted to spend it on a special guitar. And that guitar is my blue sir that I've played for the last seven years. Um, and yeah, it, it just felt immediately right. Um, it's the first maple board guitar I'd ever owned. Um, and now most of my guitars have maple boards. It's just, it's like, yeah, you try on a nice pair of pants and they fit perfectly. You don't need to fi- find any other pairs of pants. Mm. Well, you probably should have more than one pair, but I, I understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I understand the analogy. <laughs> but you just buy another pair the same. <laughs> but uh, they might not fit the same. They, yeah, that is true. Depending on who's making. Well, that is the difference because no, you, that is a great analogy. Actually, um, let me expand on that for a moment. Please do. If you are having bespoke pants, mm-hmm. okay, bespoke. Uh, they're one at a time. They're made by the same person, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and tailored to your, you know, pants needs. Dimensions. Dimensions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they will go to the same cut every time. What's interesting is when you buy Gap jeans or uh, even Levi's or anything like that, anything that is mass-produced, fabric is stacked like super, super, super high. They cut the material from top to bottom. They're shifting in that. I'm not making this up. I used to have a very, very close friend who was who worked for who a was pants in, manufacturer, Banana, Banana Republic, mm. and that's how I was like, "Why don't my pants fit the same?" And she explained to me that was one of the reasons why. Not you know maybe not the only reason because but, they cut a big tall pile of fabric, right? It's it's interesting. I mean, it's not like you're going to get you know two sizes different, but just within a size, it can be different. So the same thing might be coming from any kind of a, a mass-produced style line of things where you're... Oh, yeah, you totally. Know, yeah. yeah. Anyways. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Tony. That's twice today. Twice today. All right. It's a new record. <laughs> I'm counting. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, yeah, because, you know, this brand comes up, and when it does, it's like, it's just so good. But um, curious is what... So thank you for answering that, guys. Um, yeah, a lot of people don't like the headstock, so that puts people off. It's um, a bit kind of, it's, I would about to say chalk and cheese, but that's a very ex- very English expression. Um, chalk, but and it's, chalk and cheese? Yeah, as in uh, two things that, I guess, look the same, but are very different. 
I, I, I think I'm not sure. Like, tur- it, like turds and chocolate. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's not as eloquent. Specifically, Babe Ruth's. Yes. And, and you lose the uh, alliteration. alliteration. Thank you. Yeah, my coffee is wearing off now. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about the rabbits, yes. George. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of. It's not traditional, but it's not super modern, like a pointy Ibanez or BC Rich headstock or something. It's somewhere in between, and I guess that's kind of where I where I fall. That I don't want modern pointy guitars, but I also don't want necessarily a traditional Tele or a traditional you know SG or whatever. Although I ha- I do have a Fender Tele and a Gibson Les Paul. Mm-hmm. You need a bit of variety every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Paul has pickups from Jared in. So. Oh yes. Do you find that you? Uh like particular colorways in your instruments? Um, I have a blue guitar and I have a red guitar and I have a black guitar and then my Tally and my Les Paul are both sunburst. So, not really. Yeah. Friday is no the sparkles? Uh, spice of life. No <laughs> sparkles. <laughs> I'm <laughs> considering, well, I, I have considered uh, getting a sparkle bass made, but we'll see where that goes. Cool, cool. I like that. Sparkles is fun. Sparkles. Yeah. Let's talk about, so from amp-wise, where are you at with that? Uh, I'm using mostly Blackstar amps these days. I've got a couple of the the 10th anniversary Studio 10 combos uh, from a few years ago. I think it was three years ago they made them. Um, I'm personally a fan of the 60-watt solo. Mm -hmm. Really good amp. Yeah, I mean, these little ones, that that. 10 watts, they're single-ended, so it's literally just one preamp tube, one power tube, 12-inch speaker. Um, very, very simple. I run them pretty clean. I get my dirt from pedals. Uh, so I have one, well, I have I have two of each, but I have one that's um, uh, 6L6 and one that's the AL34 model. If, you're, uh, if your pedals disappeared in thin air for one day out of for no reason at all, maybe aliens or something, there actually is, in my opinion, pretty good dirt that comes out of the black star that i think they did a pretty good job myself yeah the el30 the el34 one has a has a really nice drive sound that i'm not as much of a fan of the 6l6 drive but the clean is better on that one so it's a bit of a compromise i agree right on right on now traveling around all over the place do you find that you do you have like a a a more practicey kind of amp that you use not anymore. When I was in Hong Kong and I was like literally walking from place to place, I had just one of those little Boss Katana minis. But I mean, these are only, I don't, I'm trying to think what it is in pounds. Um, I put neodymium speakers in them, the Neo Creambacks. Yeah. So they only weigh 15 kilos, which is what, uh, 32 pounds? That's not too bad. No. So yeah, that, that and one arm guitar case on my back, pedal board in the other hand. I'm good to go. Nice. You are such a supporter of, well, you support our show, which I can't thank you enough for, um, as well as so many builders that you've connected with. And not just our show, I know you support others as well. Can you just kind of share your thoughts about your place and your connection to all of us out here? Excuse me. Uh, Did you just throw just up in your mouth right there or something? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Just a little bit of a, um, <laughs> a little bubble. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I just like the idea that you know, small builders or people can put a company together or even just themselves make something that's 
that, that's really cool and a little bit different. And even if only a few people get one of those and appreciate it, um, I think that may have come from being a prog fan. You know, a lot of the bands don't have huge fan bases, but these days with the internet, you, know, you only need 10 people in one country and 10 people in another country and so on. And all of a sudden you can you know, make an album. Um, and in the same way, yeah, you get a few hundred pedals around the world to different people or a handful of guitars in, in the right hands. Um, and people are just making really cool stuff. So, I, I, and I love that, that you know, I, while I've got nothing against playing Boss or MXR pedals or whatever it is, I, I like the idea of going at least, I'm maybe not kind of uber boutique guy, uh, although I've got a few things by Alex at Xander Circuitry. Um, but I, Man, yeah, he I, makes I, I like great stuff. He does, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I've got bought five of his, his pedals. It's a shame that he's changed the format now. So the, 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 I've got the old ones and the new ones are cooler. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I love that. I don't get a lot of chance to use that kind of level of dirt in what I do. Um, but well, the, like the uh, Junipero or Junipero or whatever. Uh, we never did sort that out. But that did you get a chance to try that pedal that he put out? That was his big like sort of exit from the the mishmash of all of the um, uh, dirt pedals that he was making into like modulation. Did you? Yeah, no, I've, I didn't try that. I've only got, I think I've got the uh, Surplus and American Geek, uh, which I think were the two of the early ones. I've got the Siva, the Terra Firma, and one other, and I can't remember what it is, but they're all pretty dirty. I think my alter ego has like a secret stoner doom kind of musical <laughs> taste that, that I don't know about, and then every, every now and then I find these things on my board and think, what was I playing? <laughs> That's fun. You need, yeah, yeah. You need as much as you like the center of the Oreo. You need the the, the cookies on the outside too. Yeah, so I'll find my Les Paul tuned down to like drop B or something, and um, yeah, a whole load of dirt pedals with lots of gain. Nice. Uh, anybody else that uh, you think you're you've uh, paid special attention to as far as uh, you know pedals or guitars outside of Sir or. Uh, or, you know, what you've just mentioned? Um, I mean, I, I'm good friends, well, reasonably good friends, I guess, uh, with uh, with Ron Manelli from RJM Music. Um, uh, again, I, I did NAM with them 11 years ago, and we've met up a couple of times since when we've been in California. Um, so, And he produced, yeah, some of the earliest really good switching systems. Um, uh, certainly you know, not kind of at the level of Cornish or whatever, but... Uh, at, at an affordable level, you could get something that would do switching in a really good way. So I've got a um, couple of his uh, mastermind uh, controllers and a few other bits and bobs. Um, uh, and yeah, I'm happy to support and promote them in any in any way because they're, they're really cool, really cool guys. Uh, they're down in um, just outside San Diego. Uh, and then Mike Lull, uh, custom guitars, uh, all my basses now. Well, once I sell my Fenders, um, will be uh, uh, Mike Lull basses. Uh, Mike Lull? Yes. Yeah, so Mike, um, I think he used to be a roadie for Pearl Jam. Um, he passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately, but his sons are carrying on the, the, the company oh. and they're producing really... They do, they do guitars as well, but their main line is is custom-built basses. 
uh, four and five string basses. Nice. Very cool. Um, well, I really appreciate your um, sort of range of things and your appetite for gear. And I think probably turning gear over quite a bit uh, is is uh, fuel for that. Um, but have having turned over so much, is there anything that you really regret getting rid of? Um, it's interesting. I actually made a video about this a fair few months ago on my YouTube channel. But uh, I, other than I have one guitar that I wish I hadn't done. I, I think I took it a mod too far. Uh, I had an old Charvel two seven five like Jackson Dinky style guitar um, that I got when I was like sixteen. And um, the last time I tried to refinish it, I lost a couple of parts. And this was pre-internet, well, pre-the internet as it is today. So I was just unable to find replacement parts for them. So in the end, that guitar um, left my uh, left my collection. I just got so fed up with it that I trashed it in the end, uh, which was a shame because now I would be able to find the parts on reverb in five minutes and no trouble. Uh, other than that, I don't really regret anything that I move on. I'm very much... Um, kind of minimalist minded in the sense of I, I like to keep stuff around that I use, but if I don't use it, I'd much rather somebody else is using it mm. and you know, having fun with it. And so, yeah, if, if I'm not playing a guitar, um, I, I want to see, I want to see it played. I don't like guitars sitting in cases. Yeah. I, I like that. You know, by the way, I'm just, this is, I guess this could be a tiny little PSA, but based on what you just said, I've had a couple of things like that myself and I can, you know, fortunately we've got between reverb and uh, Craigslist and at least in some of the states here, we've got Music Go Round, which is a, a, a franchise that allows you to turn over music gear. But some things, uh, you know that if you take them down those ways, you're really not going to get what you want out of it, um, but it could still be good gear maybe not good for you anymore, maybe not the right gear. Um, but there have been several things we've got, uh, I got my kids in, in music, uh, in their schools and stuff. And the, the programs and the teachers there along the lines of what, you know, you were talking about earlier are so dedicated and they're so fantastic and uh, shout out to Mr. Black. Um, and, um, he's, he's doing so much. I know this is a very, very, focus thing right now but i know that there are people listening in uh, who know who he is in the tighter community here um and anyways point being if you have gear even like you know little crappy practice amps that you might have that you you know if you tried to sell it you probably couldn't get 25 dollars for it that's an amp that some kid may not be able to even get right so i would highly encourage everyone out there if you have gear that you feel like you you want to part with because to your point martin gear that's not being used you know is that good for anything um and if you're not going to sell it for a nice turnover to get something else what do you do with it give it to the music teachers in the schools around you and you're going to feel really good and you're probably going to help somebody out who may not have ever have had the chance to use something like that. That's a tiny little PSA. I'm throwing it out there for the teachers. Yeah, no, for sure. That's, that's a great way of doing it. Uh, or sometimes charities as well. If there's a youth group in your area or something yeah, that, yeah. that that has a rehearsal space, yeah, that, that old 
you know, crappy amps always break, uh, so there's always room for a for a spare guitar amp or bass amp or whatever. Um, old chords, if you've upgraded all your chords to Torgear or your patch cables to Torgear Designs patch cables, maybe you've got a bag of old ones that you can pass on to a, a young guitarist coming up. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, for me, that all came from a bit of my kind of tagline on on I think on Instagram and certainly YouTube and Facebook is. A uh, musician promoting, uh, what was it promoting mental health and um, something about minimalism? I'm not got it in front of me, but uh, because having too much stuff around that I'm u- not using as well, I just found it clouds me kind of from a mental perspective. I, I it distracts me if I see stuff that I'm not using, and I'm most creative when I've got less stuff in front of me. Mm. I'm going to tap on this really quick. You just brought up something that. I wonder how much this this has an effect on. I'm taking a stab. Uh, this is layman's psychology here, but do you think that there is pressure of not doing something well or not doing something enough that can create like sort of negative vibes for you? Like if so, if you've got a, a you know a ton of pedals or a, a lot of pedals and they're sitting there but you're not using them and you don't have time. Do you think that that could actually be a, like a mental burden of like, you're not doing something um, well enough or, or uh, something along those lines? I think it can do. I think there are different kinds of people that respond to, to different kind of things. Um, so there are some people who like just having stuff. Um, and you know, if it goes too far, you become a hoarder or whatever. But there are some people who, who like having options and stuff. And But other people, I think, yeah, you do get a sense of, of guilt or maybe imposter syndrome if you have if you have stuff that you feel you're not worthy of. Mm-hmm. Curious. Curious to see how things play on our, on our minds. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, well, Martin, it has been an absolute delight talking with you. Um, and thank you for sharing so much of your personal world. Um, and, uh, you know, we'd, we'd definitely love to have you on again in the future. Um, and we're right now, before we get to that future and, you know, whenever that is. In order to get to the future, to the sometimes future. you must go back in time. Yes. And what are we going to do, Tony? Jared? We're hopping in the El well, Camino. Well, we're going to hop in the El Camino. That's right. And help Jared move his refrigerator. That's right. The guys are going to be here to do that, but you can help them if you want. <laughs> Will there be beer in the refrigerator? Yes. How about the El Camino? <laughs> yes. Oh, maybe the, El- out the, we the El Camino is iced <laughs> and filled with beer. Yes. <laughs> of your liking. All right, Jared, do it. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for one of the best segments ever known to man called <laughs> Would You Rather? <laughs> Wow, that was an extended play. Extended version. A little bonus this week. Well, since we were talking about prog bands earlier, which I'm I'm a fan of the 70s prog bands, we're going to uh, have a Would You Rather related to that. So it's Time Machine again, everyone. I like the Time time Machine. Yeah, Time Machine. I love Time Machine. (laughs) <laughs> this time, we've set the time machine back to the 1970s. On your time phone, 
you receive two calls from prog bands that desperately need a fill-in guitarist. Did Here's you say? Did you say? Did you say time phone? I did. Is there such a thing? There is now. There is in this segment of Would You Rather. <laughs> Welcome to our world. Good old Robert Fripp is sick Ooh. and needs a sub for King Crimson. Oh, yes. Steve Howe is stuck in traffic <laughs> and, yes, needs someone that can fill in his shoes. So it's either one or the other because it's Would You Rather. Which gig do you take before you have to head back to the present day of 2022? Which gig are you going to do? Wow. Ooh. <sighs> okay. <laughs> this is tough. Now, I think maybe a couple, let's give it just a very, very, very brief background. Tony, can you maybe, and Martin? Well, let's have Martin do it. He's, yeah. He's, Martin, he's, you want to just give a very brief, a little bit of color to the difference maybe between these two bands? Name off a few hits. Okay. So, well, Robert Fritt was the leader, is still leader of King Crimson, um, who have a very diverse catalog. Um, but I guess by then we're talking in the court of the Crimson, Crimson King kind of era. Yeah, that would um, be about right, yeah. Maybe maybe a little bit later than that. Their, their albums were very, very diverse. Um, yeah, uh, quite... Some of them not so easy to listen to. Um, <laughs> kind of experimental, <laughs> you might say. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, very, very much more on the kind of out there side of prog. Um, whereas Steve Howe and Yes, um, again, still quite complicated music, um, particularly the uh, Relayer album with Patrick Moraz on keyboards. Um, a couple of the pieces on that are very, very advanced. Um, but yeah, I think the singing is definitely, you know, with the big feature in yes um so you'd need to be able to sing some backing vocals i think if you were stepping into steve Howe's shoes as well that's true and play every stringed instrument under the sun pretty <laughs> much <I think. laughs> have you ever seen that the there i have a, a steve howe collection book it has all of his guitars of and things in of course i do rabbit yeah. hole oh it's I, I have i have seen it yeah I've, I've i haven't properly had a chance to flick through it but yeah it's it's pretty <laughs> impressive yeah he's, he's got some great stuff so, to, to, just for clarity, Jared just said, rabbit hole, which was a signal like, don't take me down this rabbit hole, you jerks. <laughs> I love rabbit no. holes. No. It's a good rabbit hole. Yeah. Yeah. So, let's, so that, let's move ourselves. So, in, in, in this case, both the stuff that Robert Fripp plays is pretty crazy. Yeah. The stuff that Steve Howe plays is very difficult, I would say. I think that's a, I mean, I think in both cases, it's, it's kind of, it would be difficult to fill in both of these shoes. Um, so for my would you rather, um, I would be afraid to take either one because I would probably destroy the legacy of the bands if I filled in just this one time. Uh -huh. But I would have to say, um, I could probably hack away at some of the Steve Howe stuff in Yes more than I could the Robert Fripp stuff in Crimson. So I would say I'm going I'm going to take the Steve Howe gig and hopefully he finds his way through traffic and gets to the gig so he can kick me off the stage. Hmm. Final answer. Okay. 
Uh, Jared, about yourself? Probably the same. Um, I want to have the opportunity to play several stringed instruments. So, yes. And plus, when I was a construction, they called me a yes man because I always said yes to everything. Uh huh. When mm. someone wanted me to do something. Oh, I've got a few. Come over here and lift this. Yes, I will. Come over <laughs> here and do this. Stay an extra few hours so we can finish this. Yes. So, yes. Yes will be my yes. All right. Wow. Ah, okay. There it is. So far, it's one sided. Uh, how about you, Martin? I think I'm going to continue the one-sidedness. Um, while I love kind of playing crazy out there stuff, um, I was a huge Yes fan for, you know, I, I am a huge Yes fan, um, though maybe not so much the later stuff. I would probably hack at some Steve Howe stuff uh, in the way that Trevor Rabin did on a few of the gigs. Um, oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I, love, I love vocals. I love vocal harmonies, so it would have to be the Yes gig. Hmm. Well... Todd? Say you don't want to chance it. You've been hurt so before. I got to wow. do that. Wow. Yeah. Yes. I'm of taking, course. I'm, I'm going yes. I'm, I'm taking one of your exes <laughs> off the wall. <laughs> Watch it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that. It's the, it is actually the only song I know from Yes. And I, yeah, love, but, I do love that Well, song. unfortunately, that's latter. That's, that's it, put, it's it's 1980s Yes. I'll, but that's what I'm going with. So I'm, I want to jump in the... But oh, they we're back the 70s, in the seventies, yes. so oh. this is this is roundabout, and this is uh, oh well, that's okay. No, tales I, of the topographic oceans. I I actually Except do more. Todd's yes answer. Than, no, I I the, uh, I'm still going with yes because yes. that actually jogged a couple of musical memories that I were were stuffed away with a little dust on it. So answer accepted. Yes. Uh, it's yes. unanimous. <laughs> yes. yes, it is unanimous. It's sorry, King Crimson. Yeah! <laughs> yes. Uh, a little throwback to uh, Toast of Lennon. Yes, we love Toast of All right. Lennon. Well, that was a great one, Tony. Thank you, Todd. Yes, and Jared. Yes, of course. Yes. <laughs> All right. You can't stop saying yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I've got Tony, that vocoder um, we'll thing from... Um, it was on the Yes Drama album, I think, in 1980. There's, there's a uh, on one of the songs. There's a vocoder part which just goes Yes, Yes, and that's just going through my head now. Continuously. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you know, Todd, at this point of the show, mm -hmm. there's a special group of people that we love to thank, and not that's for pity's right. sake. No, we just love to thank them. Uh-huh. We do. Uh, these are our executive producers. Now, you might be right. wondering what an executive producer is and maybe more importantly, how you can become one. Quite simple, actually. Head over to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Check out a couple different levels in which you can participate, become a sponsor, a patron of this very podcast. Yes. Each level comes. Yes. Just say yes at patreon.com. Um, Todd will send you stuff. Yeah, and this is your chance to prove yourself. You are the move you make. That's right. <laughs> yes. Uh, we're just okay. Go, go, Keep going. go. We're going. So each level, you know, Todd comes mm -hmm. with some very nice thank you gifts. Excellent, you might even say. But as an executive producer, you get all those great things. And there's one more thing. And Jared, what would that be? 
I don't know. Martin, what is it? You get to have your name read on the thing. Your name read on the thing. Yeah. Give your, you know, be, be yourself. Give your free will a chance. Oh, Todd, please. You've got to want to succeed. Stop it, Todd. Sorry. So special thanks to these executive producers, Moon Guitars, Veteran Pedals, Drew Lopez, John Helverson, Rick Calhoun, Trevor Gunberg, Elad Mizrahi, Mike D, Richard Kendall, Mark Garten, Matt Hart, James White, Justin Jones, Anthony Gemalero, Bill Gola Guitars, John Esterly, Anthony Lathrop, Stefan Lamb, Michael Sanchuk, Ken Sayers, Doug Christ, Darren Gregory, John Anglin, Tom Brazen, Rusty Sneeden, Ralph Gottschalk, from Wonderful Audio Technology, what? Don Kloss, Gregory Randall, Brett Hogarth, Eric Hammer, and Stuart George. Indeed. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But wait, Todd, there's more because yeah. we have a special level of, uh, of executive producers. We call them our Grand Poobas. That's yes. right. I believe our guest knows a thing or two about a Grand Poobah ship. I think so. Hey, yeah. I forgot to ask, do you have your fez upon your head? I don't because it's in Bucharest. <sighs> well, that's a problem. I, I think, okay, yeah. I, I can accept yeah. that excuse. I, I, I should explain that I should have been there yesterday, but flights... Uh, yeah. Well, and yeah, one yeah. thing that's interesting about uh, the Poobah level is, you know, up in the penthouse, we've recently installed brand new life-size uh, Jared, Jared-shaped Jared mirrors in which you can see yourself because you are the steps you take. Uh, All different directions. Are you a lo- owner of a lonely heart? <laughs> Let me ask you that. Okay, go. So special, special, special thanks to these grand Poobas. Breath in, breath out. Tommy Manasco, Ricardo Igareda, David Kaminga, Brandon Wound Pickups, Hex yep. Matos, Michio Murakishi, Bob Crouch, Jack Cadian, Sam Jett, Tyler Rines, LSJ Music Company, John Williams, James Pennington, Adam Johnson, Steve Keys, Cody Foster, Science of Sound, Brian Robison, Jonathan Jerusic, Corey Nigro, Michael Van Zant, Tim Nowak, Jonathan Daly, Sean S. 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 Eddie Saratos, David Poe. Oh, and there's one more. I think his name is Martin Cliff. Hey. <laughs> All right. Thank you all so very much. Um, we've mentioned it several times already, um, but your help helps hugely. We could not do this without you. Nope, we would not is. have 275 episodes without you. No, and now 276. Wow. 276 as of right, right. now. Yeah. All right, Martin Cliff, where can people find out what you're doing on wherever you are in the world? Um, so most of what I do publicly is on YouTube. So it's just youtube.com slash martincliff. That's C-L-I-F-F-E. Um, I talk about music. I talk about minimalism. I talk about mental health. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. If you Instagram, same username, but mostly pictures of food. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, that's right. You guys do take a lot of, but but you're all over the world eating all over the world. So that's now, what cool. about the things that you don't do publicly? Anyways, <laughs> uh, Tony, how about yourself? Head over to pickguardian.com. Check out some of the things that I do. The things that I offer. Best thing to do though is shoot me an email. Let me know what you need. What you're trying to do. I can customize something special for you. Yes, we got to work on helping to show all of the fantastic materials that you have to work with. Oh, yes. A little bit more. I, I have a I few think, of those. I think we need to Would you like work to see them? Like I, yeah, more than just gold sparkle. Yeah. Like well, some people. The, that, your know. entire stock is reserved for me. So <laughs> yeah, hands I off. Think so. Got to buy a full sheet. Got white God. pearl. That's good. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Uh, Jared? You can find me on the fun channels of Instagram, jared.allen.brandon. And you can. Um, Listen to my dogs bark too. There you go. No, give me a message and I will talk to you about pickups, gear, whatever you want. Yeah. And uh, Brandon Wound Pickups is still rolling strong uh, with Zach at the helm. Um, who, so you can still go over there and get yourself a nice pair of, of uh, Brandon Wound Pickups. Um, I actually just put some in my Flying V. That's right. So uh, you can send me an email, Todd, at theguitarnobs.com. You can also DM me on Instagram, at guitarnobs. We would love to hear from you. Send us your fabulous would-you-rathers. Connect with us. Share your thoughts. And um, we really appreciate you all out there. Martin Cliff, thank you so much for joining us. We really enjoyed talking with you. And um, thank you so much for your support. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Take care of yourselves, everybody out there. Have a fantastic guitar week and subscribe. Yeah. Uh, Just some Weetabix and uh, Weetabix. So, yeah, thanks. Why not we, we, bangers uh, and mash? <laughs> it's true. It's a shambles. Uh, anyways, <laughs> I'm gonna get it. Get me out of that. Right. <laughs> that I would have definitely had to backtrack. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Edit. Hello. Uh, Hello. Um, Jared's Hello? here. How that yeah, happened? Uh, you, I, I, yeah, he I mean, appeared this is my third on the mix briefly. In the room. This bit again. The first time I got you. Okay, number three. That was number three. Sorry, my bad. Well, I'm glad you're keeping track. <laughs> Good job. Hang on. Oh, boy, I'm crashing now. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We're counting backwards. <laughs> How about number two? Yeah. Test. There you go. Test. There you go. Test. There you go. Right there. there you go. All, all, right. all three tests were good. <laughs> um, or just like tape it open so you don't close it by accident? Tape. That works, yes. Or a zip tie. <laughs> Is your awesome. fridge there? Fun. Is that what the dogs are barking at? Jared? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it says fridge is here in the chat. Yeah. <laughs> the second time I just got uh, Martin. Uh, uh, Martin. Why Cliff. do you keep changing rooms, Jared? Uh, just coffee. That's it. That's not good for you, man. No, we. That's not good for your constitution. <laughs> I wish I had more. Trust me. That's more constipation. Like half a cow. <laughs> constipation. Yeah. So. Every time I take a sip, I close it, and then every time I pick it up, I forget to open it. So one of these times, I'm going to reverse of that, and it's come, come spilling out Maybe you should face. develop a lid that opens itself when it's tilted at 45 degrees. That's a great idea. Get on that, Tony. Okay, I'm working on it. We've been around you quite a few times where breakfast, if breakfast doesn't happen, things are going to go very bad for a lot of people. Like, oh, man. What? <laughs> Just you. 
First time I came in, I just saw you. Second time I came in, I just saw. Sounds uh, like you need a new computer. Yeah. Our guest. Try. This is new. I don't want to think about that stuff. Let's All right. let's not think about that stuff. <clears throat> um, I must not think bad thoughts. Yeah, exactly. I must not think bad thoughts. <laughs> no, I don't. No, I don't. My computer's awesome. <laughs> no. Let's rock this thing, man. Let's let's do a let's do a uh, super good uh, podcast. The, 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 the queen has arrived. Oh, yeah. Let's let's let's, let's move. <laughs> well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram at guitar knobs. Catch you next time.